Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue. It is Sunday, the 1st of December. It's officially the lead up to Christmas. So my name's Heather. Today I've been joined by James, one of our newest presenters. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Um, so you're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR 855 AM. You could also be listening to us online on digital radio, podcasting. There's no excuse. You should be listening to the show. So I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from which we broadcast and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Today we're going to be covering a couple of topics, but first off, if you are looking for a Christmas present for a loved one, maybe you would like to donate to 3CR on their behalf. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 03-9419-8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program. Thank you so much, Philippe. So welcome to Out of the Blue. The weather today is going to be a top of 18. We're looking at westerly winds, 15 to 20 kilometres an hour, shifting to a northwesterly of 25 to 40 k's an hour. So if you're heading out in the water today, obviously... Pay attention to the weather. If conditions change, make sure you change your plans accordingly. Today, we're going to talk about all things travel because I have recently been to the Great Barrier Reef and I mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago and James has just been on an amazing trip of the West Coast. Amazing. Of America. Sorry, not Australia. Yes. Um, but before we start, we just wanted to give a Greta update. Ooh. So Greta is currently heading back to Europe. She's with... An Australian family on their yacht. It's day 18 of her trip. And if you're not following it, you can find her on Instagram. 
We were just discussing before her photos are quite blurry at the moment. All the photos <laughs> from this trip seem to have been, you know, squeezed through some kind of data crunch. And people are speculating that maybe it's because the internet connection is not very good. So they it have would to make sense. upload them at a really low quality. Anyway, yeah. anyway you can see she's out there. We're it loving fits the it. Part. <laughs> I mean, carbon footprint zero right oh, now. We that- are loving what Greta's doing. She's only two days from Lisbon. So she's almost there. Um, so if you're not following her, Keep an eye out because she's doing some great stuff. She's about to arrive back in Europe. But we didn't. We there has been a photo that has been <laughs> circulating um, that I, I need to bring up, and I'll put it on our Facebook page. So check out Out of the Blue on Facebook. Um, there's a photo that surfaced, and it's a photo from 1898, and there is a young girl in this photo. It was taken in Canada. And it looks like Greta is a time traveller. Spitting image. It's, like it's, it's creepy. It's actually crazy. Like the plat like is the same. The look on her face is the same. And so they're saying Greta is a time traveller. It's like wild. And Heather, like, <laughs> that is like the moment. 1898 is like two years after a Swedish guy actually discovered human caused climate change. That's it's so like, creepy. <laughs> yes, yeah, Fante Arrhenius, 1896. He made the connection between carbon dioxide and the planet heating up and was like, oh, maybe we should stop doing it because, like, you know, eventually it's going to heat up the planet. So he sent Greta into the and future. And, like, two years later, this girl's <laughs> like, oh, maybe I should travel forward, like, over 100 years and save and them warn from everybody. themselves. <laughs> Except, oh, the planet isn't listening. Yeah. Oops. Or at least some of the uh, countries around the world are not listening. Not the EU, EU though. The They're EU? just short. They um, have. Yeah. They have declared, declared a climate, climate emergency. Exactly. And New Zealand is definitely leading the way for us down here. Um, I've said it before. I've said it again. I think Jacinda Ardern should look after Australia as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll just keep waiting for that to happen. We will. Now, you've just been on an amazing trip, West Coast of America. I Tell have. Tell us all about it. I'm so jealous. Well, it was actually... Uh, at the end of six months of travel, I have to say. Sorry oh, to rub it in. Just get out of the studio yeah, now. Yeah, I'll just that check myself. That is not fair. I'll just check myself out. Okay. But <laughs> on the way home, we um, decided that we were going to do a road trip down the west coast of the US okay. from Seattle to Los Angeles. It's something I've always, always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, the main thing I wanted to see was the Redwoods. So oh, the giant beautiful. trees. Of course. But also we spent two weeks just driving down this magnificent coast. Mm. It's just incredible. Um, wildlife galore. Um, and I guess one of the most amazing things about it was like the transition between all the different climate zones. So we started like in the wet rainforests of Washington and the north northwest um, and made our way south it got increasingly dry until we ended up um, in the big sur around um, between san francisco and la it's just magnificent and like just being beside the pacific ocean it really felt like you know i mean it's an enormous ocean but Uh, it it felt like you know australia was just over there so it was like i mean it is it is just (laughs) over there so it was nice to feel that connection to home at the end of so long away i was like this is this is the ocean that I'm from. So. Wow. Yeah, it was so nice to be there. So what sort of stuff did you see along the coast? I mean, obviously the vegetation on land's going to change throughout that. Yeah. But did you notice a, a coastal change as well? The coast doesn't change so much because it has that um, that cold current that sweeps down from the Arctic. Ah. So, um, But it was like it is so obvious how rich that water is. Yeah. And I know it's um, faced some 
environmental problems in recent years, um, particularly with um, warming seas, mm-hmm. but it is still heaving with wildlife. So we just saw seals everywhere, um, seals of all different types. So we, st- we stopped by um, a sea lion cave in Oregon. As you do. Yeah, as you do, <laughs> where you have, to, um, you have to take a lift down inside the cliff to get to this cave. Only in America. Only in America. Everywhere else it would be stairs. Yeah, no, it's a lift. <laughs> a lift. It's the only way down there. Okay. Kind of terrifying. It's quite old. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, like the west coast of the US does get a few earthquakes, so, you know, yes, you have to wonder. Yes, it is known for that. Anyway, okay. there's, down there's a big colony of Stella's sea lions, which use it um, as a, a roost. So oh. they were coming out. I think they were doing their molt at the time. And also, uh, while we were there, you know, we just saw some grey whales passing along the, in the cliffs. But I'm yeah, so jealous. Seals galore. And another, uh, there were also grey seals, which I don't know if you've seen a grey seal. No. But they're just like, um, how to describe them, really cute furry slugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to put a photo on Facebook. Yeah. And they, okay. just, they just haul themselves out on these rocky platforms um, and they're just, you know, they're just there to chill out they're, or, well, warm up really. Yes. Um, and every now and then they're quite, they're quite sensitive to people. So even if you could be like at the top of a cliff and they could be 500 meters away, but they they know you're there. You mm. can see them kind of smart little things. Yeah. Noticing. And every now and then they're like, Oh, I'm going to go back in the water and watching a seal that's not a sea lion make its way into the water is very entertaining, I have to say. A bit blubbery? A very, very <laughs> blubbery. It's like watching a rubber ball, like, propel itself into the water. <laughs> oh, the poor thing. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to look that up. Yeah, just amazing. We also saw elephant seals, which are a whole oh, different ball of so blubber. cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's a, there are some roosts on the... And they're huge, aren't they? Absolutely enormous. Yeah. Um, so where did you see those? Uh, in Northern California. Um, Yeah, there's, again, a roost there of northern elephant seals. Um, And they're probably even more slug-like than than the grey seals. And they just kind of lie together on a beach, rolling around, (laughs) barking at each other. Well, they don't really bark. They kind of like, I'm not going to do the noise, but they kind of sound like they're farting out of their noses. (laughs) Um, Occasionally throw sand at each other. Oh, okay. But generally very very peaceful. Yeah, very theatrical. But they were very lazy. Wow. It was, yeah, a lot of wildlife. Okay. So started up in Washington. Yeah, in Seattle. Okay. Made our way down through Portland in Oregon, swang to the coast and then drove the whole way down the coast. So where was your furthest point south? LA. LA. Okay, cool. Yeah, Venice Beach. I've seen sea lions in San Fran, and yes. then I've seen a couple in San Diego. Yes, when I went to the ocean there, but um, I didn't realize they were up the entire coast. Yeah, they're up the entire coast. I think um, further south they might be Californian sea lions, yes. whereas yes, up, yes. up That's the north definitely what San Fran's they're um, stellar sea lions, which okay. are more Arctic. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting. It's just yeah, there's so much there, and the oh. the sea lions in San Fran just haul out literally in the middle. In the, of the city. Oh, They're yeah, literally at Pier 39. In the of the city. Yeah, it's crazy, Pier 39 isn't it? on the wharf there. Um, very smelly. Yeah, we take <laughs> a lot of our school groups there when we're Amazing. on tour. And so the sea lions arrived there in 1989 mm. after an earthquake yeah. when it was actually a pier, not mm. the platforms they've got now. 
And at its peak, there were 1,300 oh sea lions trying to call that area home. Yeah. There certainly aren't that many anymore. And I'm not definitely sure if that's because not. of environmental change, but um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's definitely not that many, but geez, you can smell them you before can. you see them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, absolutely. So did you fit in any visits to any aquariums on your drive? We sure did. Oh, we went, where'd you go? We went to the big one. So <gasps> No, you did You might have heard of the Monterey Bay Aquarium, oh, Heather. Yes, <laughs> it's very high on my list. Yeah, so we went... I have to say we were in Monterey because of the TV show Big Little Lies, which is oh. based on the Australian book by Leanne Moriarty. Great book. Uh, I do regret that it wasn't filmed in Sydney, though. Yes. I thought we've got beautiful coastline here, filming here, but they did We have rich great people job. as well. Of course we have rich. I thought it really <laughs> felt like a manly sort of area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Turns out it uh, transfers quite well to, it did, um, it? to California. Yeah, it's uh, a great interestingly, show. Interestingly, we were talking to some of the locals about it, um, and they fi- they think that it's slightly misportrayed Monterey because oh. the show takes place in Monterey itself. Yes. But there's a suburb of Monterey that's, um, I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, that is where the genuinely rich people live. Oh, so they were okay. having a bit of a laugh that they had Nicole Kidman walking around in like central Monterey. Which is like the poor area. Well, let's <laughs> just say enough. relatively poor. Right. The whole thing is okay. like very rich. And anyway, so we went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, oh. which um, the first thing you should know about that is it is very expensive. It's about 50 US, so with the okay. exchange rate, it's about 75 bucks. But the bucks. conservation efforts are incredible. It is mind-blowing. So For anyone who's seen Finding Dory too, that's where it's meant it to be based there. at Monterey. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and just it is the work they do is so impressive. And the location on... Um, the the way that it's so related with the environment mm. of the bay is just so crazy because they have this um, upwelling of cold water, which makes the um, the water there particularly rich, and a canyon that's deeper than the Grand Canyon. You're kidding? Just offshore. Yep. Wow. Um, so they have this amazing diversity of marine habitats um, on top of each other. And so you go to this aquarium um, and then you go out onto their um, balcony mm. and you can you can watch actual sea otters just in the bay anyway. I mean, they have some in the aquarium, oh, but they're so out there rolling cute. in the kelp. And they've got their little babies and they yeah. float so their babies on this. St- they really oh. do. So, yeah, they just like, um, they spend most of their time basking and, of course, they wrap themselves in kelp to... I uh, did not know they did yeah, that. they wrap themselves in kelp. <laughs> they also hold, I often like link arms with each other to stop themselves floating Oh, no, I knew about away. that. That's yeah. cute. So I didn't what, know about the, the kelp wrapping Yeah, though. so they're so cute and we often see sea otters doing these things. But one thing I didn't know that sea otters do is they often, they spend a whole heap of time licking their butts. <laughs> yeah. Nemo didn't cover that. I think they no. showed sea otters like driving a car at one no. point or something. So you'll be watching these sea otters in the aquarium and suddenly they'll start doing kind of like underwater somersaults. Yeah. Um, and the reason they do it is because they've got these oil glands under their tails mm-hmm. um, and they're using it to like spread through their fur because they have this amazing oh, thick fur okay. which um, keeps them buoyant and yep. warm in the water. Um, yes, yeah, so that's what they're doing. They spend a lot of time grooming. They also spend a lot of time blowing into their fur. Oh. So they, um, they, they're up on the water and they're like, they've got this thick fur and they, they kind of ruffle it with their paws and grab the folds of skin and literally blow <laughs> into it. They're blowing like air under the um, under their fur to that keep them. That is the most bizarre yeah, behaviour. They're so amazing. I mean, I always see, yeah, them floating together holding hands. Yeah. Or with their babies. I, yeah. 
didn't know about all this, that behavior. They're just very, very charismatic animals. We also saw one in the wild diving for oysters and it would come up, um, put the oysters on its back. And, of course, they carry a rock around with them under their arms, which they what? use to smash open the oysters. And then, wow. yeah, they're so, and they're very fastidious too. So let's smash open the oyster, eat the oyster, and then have a quick roll through the water to make sure to get the oyster shell off them before they go diving again. Very charming wow. creatures. Yeah. Well, I, I know that otters in captivity, depending on the type, and these ones are quite small. No, right? these are large. So these are sea otters. So sea otters are actually quite big. Because there's they're a probably, few different species, aren't there? Yeah. So there are, um, I mean, there are sea otters elsewhere in the world, like in Chile. There are, like, quite small sea otters. And then there are freshwater otters, um, which belong in rivers in Europe and maybe in the okay. US as well. Because I heard a story about there was a zoo somewhere. I don't know where. And I don't know mm. what type of otter they had, but I don't think it's the ones that you saw because they yeah. looked different. And they were getting out at night. And oh. the keepers could not work out how these little guys were escaping at night back into their enclosure, not escaping and roaming the zoo. <laughs> and so they put in a camera and it's interesting that you said they carry a rock because what these guys were doing is when they were being told to go in at night, they were putting a rock where the sliding door came down. Of course they were. It was leaving it just enough gap that they could put their little fingers under, wedge it up and get back out during the night. Of course they were. So, like, they just so radiate intelligent. intelligence. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Very social, very, yeah, very charming creatures. Oh. Yeah, and so they do They do rescue work at um, at Monterey, which is mm-hmm. actually how they, um, for most of the seabirds and mammals, um, they do rescue work. They don't have any um, dolphins or whales or anything like that. Okay, oh, um, perfect. Yes, yeah, so they just do rescue work. Um, and then they have incredible habitat displays. So they have a kelp forest. Oh, I've heard in, about this. In the aquarium. Yeah. Um, which has its own um, kind of pump to mimic the uh, movement of waves because oh. kelp apparently likes to have the movement of waves to keep the water fresh. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then they have all these amazing tanks with jellyfish as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which are really well done. So I, it's just such a, a really beautiful place because a lot of um, aquariums place the emphasis on kind of entertainment and things yes. like that. Um, yep. And some are quite, you know, quite unethical if they have um, whales and dolphins. Mm. But um, this one is all about conservation, all the money goes to conservation. It's all about education. There are so many people there telling you who want to tell you things about the environment and it's all local too. They don't have they don't they have a few international things, but mm. really it's about the bay, which is just so amazing. It's such a great place to, you know, example of how conservation can be part of the community as well. And they have whales migrating past too as they well. Do. Don't they? Yeah. We didn't see any whales, but there are there are blue whales about. Actually I noticed that um, another thing that we would, we are eating a lot of seafood on our okay. West Coast trip. Um, and one of the th- specialties of California is a thing called a Dunganess crab, um, oh, where they make okay. these amazing crab rolls. But I noticed um, just recently they've closed the fishery because there are so many whales about. Um, and oh. they've just put a temporary temporary uh, closure on the fishery to so the whales don't get tangled in the crab pots and such like that. Oh, so, that is fantastic. Yeah. It's, conservation seems just felt really embedded in the West Coast. And just like, natural. Yeah, just natural. Yeah. Well, I think, it's, it, I think it's Monterey that occasionally, and I don't know when is the last time they did it. I have to look it up and I'll put some info on Facebook. Um, they have from time to time had a great white Oh, yes. Um, sure they but have. they usually do it in a sea pen. So I think mm. it just attaches to the outside of the uh-huh. aquarium. Yeah. Um, 
juvenile only mm-hmm. and they only hold it for a matter of weeks or months mm-hmm. and then it's released because studies show great whites just do not survive no, in captivity. No, I can imagine that, yeah. But, I, I mean, it, it fits in beautifully with their conservation because I I have this thought, and lots of people are anti-zoos and aquariums, but my view is if you don't get to connect with the animal, then you'll never want to save it. Exactly. And I always think of the poor naked mole rat. Yes. Like, it, really ugly animal. But if you never see it and you never learn about it, then you'd never want to help it. Exactly. So great whites, I th- it would be incredible to to see one. I am planning on going to South Australia next year and oh. jumping in a cage. Definitely in a cage. How, um, how cool would that be? Oh, it's very high Definitely on my list of things list for stuff. 2020. Yep. But I love the fact that they give people, just everyday public, the opportunity to see a great white. Mm. Yeah. And I saw, I don't know if it was a documentary, they had a live cam and they were doing a lot of um, reporting from Monterey a few years ago now and they showed some footage of orcas. Oh, yes. Because everyone's like, oh, I love Free Willy. Yes. But they're called killer whales (laughs) for a reason (laughs) and people seem to forget that. And they had this beautiful, I mean, it was heartbreaking in the end, but beautiful footage of, I think it was a grey whale. Yes. And her calf and they were passing through the area and um, the killer whales were going after the calf. Yeah, it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, yeah. And mum ended up getting under the calf and then raising herself up to keep it out of the water, but then... Mum got tired yeah, and the killer did. whales took it. Yeah, I've seen that footage. Oh, it's, and I yeah. was like, that, I mean, it's happening right on their doorstep. It is, It's incredible. Yeah, yeah they, because they have two populations of killer whales. So they have those, the mammal, the whale hunting killer whales, yeah. which kind of use a lot of the Western Pacific. And then they have their coastal killer whales that feed on salmon. And I don't know oh. if you've heard about, um, it's very tragic, but because um, salmon stocks in recent years have um, kind of, um, decreased, mm-hmm. so they've been getting less food. And what happens when um, they get less? The orcas get less food. Is that they start breaking down the fat reserves in their body, oh, which contain okay. tons of chemicals. Ah, so um, it's so the, they break down the fat. The chemicals enter their bloodstream again, um, and it affects their hormones and fertility. So oh. a lot of killer whales in this population have been having stillborns recently. Oh, and that, that ties in um, earlier this year I was talking about the pink dolphins that I got to go and see in Hong oh, Kong. Oh, wow. Yes. And they have the problem there with dredging because they're reclaiming land for a new runway at the airport. And so you've got heavy metals that are in the, the water and you've got, you know, the females who are swimming around and they have a calf and particularly in their first calf because all the heavy metals bind to the fat in the milk. Mm. Mum offloads mm. all her chemicals into her first calf. Yeah, it's and awful, isn't it? they they're getting to a point where there was one season they only had one calf survive. Yeah, it's so it's it's happening everywhere. Yeah, it's interesting to see the coincidence of you know. I mean, maybe we weren't so worried about chemicals because we weren't seeing the effects, but now when you add climate change to it, mm-hmm. it starts revealing what these chemicals might actually yeah. do in the bodies of And things wildlife. have just been masked up until now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people know about mercury mm. in seafood. We seem to have been aware of that for a while, mm. but I think we're going to see a lot more of it as, as the ocean temps are changing, as, yeah. as life's moving, and, yeah, if the salmon isn't available. Yep. And people do love a killer whale. People do love a killer whale, so they they're going to pay attention to this. It's oh, such a shame. So where, where was your favourite spot? We're almost out of time, but where was your favourite spot on your trip? Oh, my goodness. I know it's always a really tough question. It is a tough question. I just loved the Oregon coast. 
Um, I have heard so many good things. It's just really wild. Um, and we stayed at this town called, which sounds like, it looks like you should say it, Yachets, okay. but it's Yohots. Oh, that sounds so much corrected. more exotic. <laughs> it does. Um, and they have, it's just a very small little harbour town. And um, we stayed there a night and went out onto the rocky platforms there and just watched the sunset over the Pacific Ocean. I just oh. don't think anything beats the sun setting over the ocean. And yeah. we don't really do it that much. We don't really see it so much in southern Australia, although we can in Port Phillip Bay at certain times of the year. True. Yep. But here, all the time, every day on the West Coast, the sun sets over the ocean. See, I love a good sunset. I mean, I know sunrise can be amazing. Not a morning person. Yeah, exactly. Sunset's it's way too my hard. thing. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, You're already awake. So that was pretty special. Oh, wow. So planning to go back anytime soon? I would love to go back, but there are so <laughs> many places to see, Heather. <laughs> I know, I know. The list is ever growing. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Well, we might post a bit more about your trip on Facebook. And if anyone has been to any amazing coastlines around the world, please share so that I can add them to my personal travel list and so that we can inspire others to go out and see the world. Well, that almost brings us to the end of our show this week. Thank you so much for joining us. It is the 1st of December, so for anyone who's thinking or beginning to think about Christmas or you're like me and probably won't think about it till the last second, do think about what you're buying. Think about any overconsumption, whether or not you really need something. And think about experiences for family members and friends. Get people out there to the ocean. If you have a particular beach that you absolutely love, pack a picnic and take people to your beach. Get down the sand. Exactly. Play some beach cricket. Yep. Go in the rock pools. Yeah, you don't have to you don't even have to get fancy with equipment and stuff no. like that. Just go have check it out. Exactly. Don't listen to society telling you that you must purchase expensive gifts for your loved ones. <laughs> Try and make a bit of a difference this year. So, of course, you can listen to us on podcasts. If you're unavailable to listen to the show live, you can head to the 3CR website, so 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue, and you can find all of our shows from this year and previous shows. You can also find us, I think, on iTunes. I don't really support the Apple Empire, but I hear we're on iTunes. Um So make sure you listen to any of our shows that you might have missed. We've got some great content. But also jump on Facebook and tell us what you'd like to hear about because we are starting to plan for 2020, which I'm going to be honest, I don't know where 2019 went. It's gone. I know. I don't know how. Um, So we are planning for 2020. So if there's anything you would like us to cover on the show, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, that brings us to the end of our first show for December. And coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. So enjoy your Sunday. Bye. 3CR is a community radio licence holder. What you hear on community radio is governed by the community radio codes of practice. The codes of practice cover matters relating to program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music, programs for children and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting by and for the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this station. Copies of the code are available from the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash who we are.
The City of Stonington presents Christmas at Central Park in Malvern East. Gather the family, pack a picnic and prepare for festive fun at Central Park's Christmas concert. Enjoy performances by pop rock star Ella Hooper, the Stonington City Brass Band and more special guests, followed by a spectacular fireworks display. Christmas at Central Park in Malvern East, Sunday 8th of December 7.30pm. Visit the City of Stonington website for details. A 3CR supporter. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.